part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, welcome to the table, Carl. There's plenty of chairs. You, you don't even need to pull up a chair. There's one, two, three, four. There's four chairs already around the table. So don't worry about pulling one up. We've got about plenty. This one. There's one over in the corner that yeah. you're welcome to sit in, but it would be better if you'd sit here at the table with us. It's not that far from the table. It's, it's a, not a big room. It's a bevy of activity today. Yeah. Uh, a lot of activity at, that you're right in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Silas was singing a song about uh raining elbows Mm -hmm. he sings a lot he's got a (laughs) he's got a pair of uh barbecue tongs or he has barbecue tongs it's not a pair is it yeah i think it's called a A pair pair of tongs Mm -hmm. well yeah that doesn't make it's like a pair of pants it's like they always go together but it's still a pair right but but it doesn't i don't know why because they can't be separated They're they're connected at a we don't say a pair of do we say a pair of scissors? We yes, do sometimes. A pair of scissors. A pair of scissors, because one scissor is just a knife, right? They just always go together. That's what a pair does. We just think it's only it only counts as a pair if it, if one of them can get lost in the dryer, I guess. But like a pair of socks, mm-hmm. a pair of socks and a pair of pants, or a pair of shoes in which one gets left out in the yard. Definitely. There are a, there's a pair of shoes out in my yard right now getting rained on because mm-hmm. I saw it earlier. But there's not a pair of pants or a pair of tongs because the tongs are in here being used to pick up Elmo and a small uh, blue teddy bear. And do you know why he's using the tongs? You told me. Yeah, because because they're uh, they're too fuzzy to touch. Mm-hmm. These the <laughs> the extreme fuzziness of these animals. <laughs> prevents human skin from coming in contact with it so he's pick, he's picking Naturally. it up so he won't be wounded by the yeah. by the fuzziness yeah and not just because he enjoys the tongs and no the it's not that it's a when you live in our house you learn to justify all of your choices regardless <laughs> of how that's because some grown-up is going to ask you why you're doing what you're doing right any other boy would get a pair of tongs pick up Elmo, pick up the little blue teddy bear and just go on his way without being harassed. But we without. ask him why. So why he are you doing goes, that? Yeah. that's because they're too fuzzy. Mm-hmm. They're, so. they're fuzzy. Yeah. That's and why I have to do it. Right. And you get all kinds of strange excuses. All sorts of justifications and rationales for the things yeah. that they choose to do. When you ask four-year-olds why enough. And but- six-year-olds and eight-year-olds. Hopefully, it will uh, translate into um, some more mature thoughts as they get older. Will it? I think so. Will it? Uh, You're just feeling. Yeah. You're just feeling away today. Some encouragement. I'm waiting for. I'm looking forward to success stories. That's what I told Luke this morning, right before he went to work. I was like, you know what? I just. I I feel like. This is going to sound like you know not a complaint. Well, this is going to sound like pretty much everybody on social media. Oh, the news is so negative or oh, the media is just so 
negative. We only ever hear the the negative, but it's true. Like you are constantly being bombarded yeah. with like what went wrong, what what isn't working, what right. you know, because that's what sells. What catastrophe has been thrust into our faces? Negative news is what sells. And so I said to Luke, you know, I want stories of people who have overcome. I want to, I need to hear some some encouraging, you know, it was worth it kind of stories right about now because because as I'm plodding along doing doing these little minute things like today I'm taking down the decorations for the Harry Potter birthday that you just put up that we put up last week and you know I think that Cammy had a good time she said I noticed that we were spending a lot of time and a lot of money on my birthday and I said you know why we do that because because God likes beautiful things too and so we should like beautiful things and so we're decorating so that we can celebrate the beauty that's in the world, even if it's just for a day, you know, or two of enjoying these decorations. It's a lot of work, but that's why we do it. And so I'm looking for people who have spent a lot of hours, you know, putting up a lot of different birthday decorations over the years and who can say, yes, the fruit of this labor has been sweet and enjoyable. So... If you've got some of those stories, send them. You can email us. Next door at jobbrightian.com. Yeah. Tell us what thing here is, uh, has brought you joy. Is that what you're asking for? Yeah. Well, what, what things have paid off, you know, what it's little Marie condo, little constant, you know, faithfulness has been, has been worth it in your life. I read about a guy, or actually I didn't read about it. It was on a morning show on the radio a couple of days ago that this guy made the news because he's the longest working, the longest ever employed employee ever. He's got a record that he set because he started working. Where does he work? Um, oh, no. Now I can't, it was a factory. Mm-hmm. It seems like he makes like widgets, bungee cords or something. That's not right. But it like in a textile factory, I think. Okay. Um, and he started working when he was like, 12 or something like that. And now, and now he's, he's like 100. 96. And so every day that he goes into work, because he's still working. He every, still works at 96? Yeah. He's not going to retire. Interesting. Every day that he works, he set, he breaks his own record and sets a new one every right. single day. So why would he retire? So, but I don't, I don't think he's doing it for the record, you know. No, I, he's doing it because his work is a thing that brings him some satisfaction and fulfillment. Right. And he probably thinks, well, why would I retire? What would I what do? What am I going to do? Right. Yeah. What would be my right. purpose in getting up in the morning? So that's what I need. I need somebody to remind me that if I wasn't teaching children and cleaning my house. And wiping and, butts for Jesus. Right. Raising this generation that that I wouldn't be doing something, you know, better or more fulfilling. Like, this is what it means to... Mm-hmm. This is what it means to plod. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to do well, hard I was, things. I was going to mention that, that the, the whole uh, Plodactivity. Plodactivity is a book that Doug Wilson wrote. You mm-hmm. can find it on Canon Press. Those of you who are in the network know what I'm talking about. How if far are you? You're listening to this outside of the network. Uh, Canon Press is C-A-N-O-N, not C-A-N-N-O-N. How far are you in Plodactivity? Uh, I'm like three chapters in. Cammy standing over but my I, shoulder. What what does she want? I don't know yet. Cammy, what do you need? Oh, can I have a slice of the cookie? 
I guess so. <laughs> Remember when I said, I'm going to give you guys this food and then maybe we'll get through a podcast without interruption. Remember that? Remember that? Remember that, remember that crazy thing you, your mom she said? She did say, no, it won't work. So, she did. To be fair. Cammie knew. Go have a piece of cookie. Cammie anticipated this this event. Because we're eating uh, hot pies. But, uh, yeah, I'm like three chapters in. And I already know, I mean, even if I don't read anything else, it's already been a, it's already been a great, a great thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm not even feeling anxiety about only being three chapters in. Why? Because I'm going to plod through just it. Just plod through I'm it. I'm just going to plod through the book. Five minutes at a time or less. Yeah, 30 or less. seconds. Right. Uh, Luke's and, having a hard time. Not having a hard time, but he has mentioned a couple of times how very counter it is to any other book on productivity that he's read. Mm-hmm. I've never read any others because that wasn't my interest. But Luke was diagnosed with ADHD when he was a very small boy. And ever since then, his college experience, his experience in the workforce, has always been sort of tainted by this idea that he's he's broken, his brain doesn't work like other people's. It, right. it, you know, it's so much harder for him to get things done because he, he can't concentrate. Focus, yeah. He loses yeah. his train of thought. So he's read a lot of books gets on distracted. Like, developing, you know, for for the workforce, developing his time, you know, the way that he uses his time. And um, he was like, it's just, it's exactly the opposite of what people tell you in other productivity books. They tell you, you need to get in the zone. You need to find. I was just about to bring up the zone. Yeah. And how important it is that you find a way to get in the zone. And how my personal experience has been that fear of not being able to get into the zone has stagnated my uh, efforts to even try it's mm-hmm. like oh i don't have time i've only got 10 minutes before i got to do such and such i won't be able to get into the zone so there's no reason to start right right and luke said that again i haven't read any other books but he said that like conventional wisdom says that you need to carve out time, time to like write to you know? focus right to, to hunker down and focus and eliminate distractions right and yep and and make sure that you are Picking two or three things every day to focus on and not have too many other things you're trying to cram in the margins. Right. Whereas productivity is Doug Wilson basically it's the opposite saying, of that. take advantage of all of this margin time because it adds up. Mm-hmm. You know, it adds mm-hmm. up. So, I don't know. Well, uh, what, I was, what I was thinking about is this very podcast and how uh, it's become a thing that we have to carve out time to do mm-hmm. yep. um, in order to keep consistently producing it. And sometimes we don't know what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have a really difficult time uh, making it happen because because we don't have, you know, an allotted amount of time I, that we can do. I mean, it, I've been here for, I've been here for an hour. An hour, yeah getting ready to do this podcast. podcast and I had to cook some stuff mm-hmm. and I had to upload last week's podcast, which didn't come out on time because of some tech issues, some tech issues. And right. if we're doing bonus content midweek, which we've tried to do the last few weeks, mm-hmm. then that's an extra thing to upload. And so, yeah, it's also ideally, an extra thing to record. We would have ideally an hour and a half worth of recording, mm-hmm. you know, roughly maybe an hour and 20 or so. Um, and then another like half hour after that to upload those podcasts immediately. Like right. if I could 
if I could put them immediately into the computer, that would give me less opportunity to like get distracted by a birthday party this weekend and then wake up on Monday morning and realize, oh no, I forgot to upload the podcast. And also the server was oh, down. the servers crashed. And right. so, yeah, it was like that. I didn't foresee any of that. So I did, I did take it from our <laughs> recorder to my laptop, like the, the wave file I uploaded immediately last time we recorded, which was nice. So it's been sitting on my computer as a wave file for a solid week, uh-huh. but then I had to convert it to an MP3 and put it into the... I do not, I have no intention of throwing stones at you for any of the processes that you do or don't do, because I, I know how tough it is to consistently, even once a week, even a, even a weekly podcast requires a yeah. commitment and some, here I'm going to say the word focus and some intentionality, but it, it does. And mm-hmm. you can, you can get it done in little cracks of, little cracks of time, little, right. you have little to be 10 minute increments, but you, you have still to have to do those 10 done, minute increments. Or that it needs doing, right. right. You have to remember that it needs to be done. And that's, yeah, it's a lot. And what's frustrating, I guess, or maybe surprising for me, is that people have been saying that to me for a long time. They're like, wow, you're juggling a lot of things or you're wearing a lot of hats and you're, you know, trying to keep a lot of, of balls in the air. Right. And like for all of this time, I've been kind of waving that away. Like for a long time, I've been saying not so much. Like I went and saw a doctor a few weeks ago, which Carl knows some things about. And thought my thyroid was out of whack. I wasn't sleeping well. Still not sleeping as consistently as consistently as I would like. But apparently, God, God knows wants you to what sleep I want or what I need. Then yeah, you want to sleep. And so here we are. But I went and saw the doctor, and he asked me, "Do you have a high stress life?" And I did not know how to answer the question. <laughs> I was like, "I don't think I do." Like I'm right. at home all the time. I wear my pajamas. Right. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to even that's, get dressed. That's how I would answer the question. If somebody if somebody says, is it stressful to be you? I would have always answered no. No, right. Until I had my panic attack. And it's like, well, I guess there is some stress in there that I wasn't aware of. Right. And we talked about that on an episode a few uh-huh. few episodes ago. But but yeah, it was Luke who was like, well, you know, she homeschools our four kids. And she she's the event coordinator for her dad. And so she works Just to beat everybody. She has podcasts and, mm-hmm. you know, a blog and things. And. And I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but I wasn't like consciously aware of any of that stuff adding up or weighing down on me until recently. And so, yeah, coming down with COVID and then having the end of winter just kind of blast us with just relentlessly bad weather. And- well, it's such a, it's such a good point And it's such a good thing to think about that, you know, what, what is too much? When, when are you doing too much? Mm-hmm. And when are you, when are you just making excuses for, right? You know, not doing what you could do, and right. I remember uh, taking a course on how to improve my memory in college, and it's easily the best money I've ever spent. Uh, <laughs> it was it's it's better than any college. I I remember more. Uh, that that course has been more helpful to me than any of the college courses that I took. Right. Um, you remember more. I remember more. From the memory from course. From the memory course than I do from my college than courses. Than anything else. Well, which is, but anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked. <laughs> you could um, have, you probably could have done something to, to remember more of the other things. The, the point, but. the point that I want to make is when I've, I have told people 
at various times throughout the years since I've taken that course that it's not difficult. It just teaches you some techniques that you can use to remember stuff better. It's a more efficient way of of remembering things mm-hmm. than what we're than what we're taught. And when I've suggested to people who tell me, oh, I can't remember names or, oh, I can't remember things. Um, I said, well, I could teach you some techniques and it would, I can, I can, and I can literally teach it in about five minutes. I can teach you the concept. And then it just becomes a matter of practice and implementing it. Right. Um, but there are a lot of people who don't believe me. There are a lot of people, oh, I've just got a bad memory. I couldn't do it. I've mm-hmm. got, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And that is, super interesting to me because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy well when i took the course it didn't occur to me that i wasn't going to be able to do it the reason i ordered the course was because it's like hey i want to i want to remember stuff better i want to learn and they they advertised some really cool memory tricks on the commercial and i thought man it'd be cool to be able to do that and so i took the course and it never crossed my mind that i wouldn't be able to do it (laughs) that my memory was poor and it wouldn't be uh I couldn't but did you it. think you wouldn't be able to practice? Like, did you think you wouldn't carve out the time to implement it? Because that's the hurdle. I didn't even think about it. I, I just thought, I'm going to get this course, and then I'm going to improve my memory. <coughs> I uh, inhaled my water. Excuse me while I while she coughs and dies. She hacks and chokes. Uh, but it's a, it's a mindset, and, and I've uh, thought about that in other aspects of my life, and it's come up today now when we're talking about productivity. Mm-hmm. And... There are people who have these barriers. They, they limit what they're able to produce because they've they've got this, I guess, uh, amount of time in their heads that where they go, well, when I, if I spend, if I don't have this much time to spend on a thing, then I'm not going to be able to do the thing. Or the right. other side of that is if I'm spending this much time on it, then that's too much time. Too much. So I must not be good at the thing and right. I'm not supposed to be doing it because it's taking me way longer than it should. Yeah. And I don't think either one of those perspectives are necessarily correct. No. I think that we have, we've been given the a, a number of, of truly amazing abilities mm-hmm. by our creator. Right. Memory is just one of them. I've been thinking about that lately too. Like I drove to, I don't know where, probably the gym or somewhere the other day, maybe church and got there. It was one of those where I got there and didn't remember driving most of the way. Cause you were thinking about other stuff, thinking about way. other stuff. Yeah. And I, and I did like halfway through the trip, I thought to myself, Hey, you know, I'm halfway there. Look at me driving and not like, and not crashing. Like, isn't this weird? And I've thought about it yeah, many yeah, times, yeah, yeah. dozens of that times. It doesn't take a hundred percent. Of your brain concentration to drive to operate a vehicle, and people may disagree. They may be like, "That's how accidents happen." That's Amanda. how accidents happen. But like, I'm not but, talking about a high stress situation where there's lots of traffic. Like, I'm driving on a country road. I'm I'm coming up on a on a stop sign. I've been to you know a million times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It's the autopilot because it is safe to to let your brain do what it was designed to do. Well, anybody who thinks that it requires 100 percent concentration in order to drive a motor vehicle, shouldn't ever listen to the radio while they're driving. Right. And they may not. Like, there are some people who are very anxious drivers. Mm-hmm. But my, my point is, like, 
the things we're able to do. The other day... You ever turn the radio down when you're trying to look yeah. for an address? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, if you really need to concentrate more. Like, if I was going somewhere I'd never been, then, yeah, it would have been a much different situation. I would have remembered probably every turn and, and mm -hmm. the color of the car in front of me and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, but there was another situation, too, where I just suddenly became aware, like, wow, that's so cool that memory is so cool. Like... I, I said yesterday, you know, I, I told somebody yesterday we did this or said that. And I thought, how do I know that? How do I know that? How right? do I know that yesterday we did a thing and I can it's a miracle. see it in my mind, you know? It is a miracle. Yeah. It's crazy. I have, I've referenced memories before to our, to our atheist friends, to our God-denying friends when they talk about reality and they go, well, you know what, you're... Your beliefs, your faith is not reality. It's like, are your memories reality? Right. You know, it's made of the same stuff. Right. Yeah. And so you were saying, you know, we, we have these abilities that we don't even think about or we very much take for granted. And, and what I've been doing lately with intention is trying to unpack and untangle and deconstruct um, those assumptions that I've had about, yeah, what is too much? What... If, right. if you were to ask me, I would think it was too much to be able to remember what I did yesterday. Like, that seems like that would be too much. It seems like that would take a lot of effort. I would think it'd be too much for me to drive myself to church or to the gym without using 100% of my brain. Like, right. my a, logic would tell me of, that would be too much. A lot of connections need to happen very quickly in order to operate a vehicle. Right. It seems overwhelming. It. Yeah. It yeah. seems like it's almost impossible. And, and well, so, yeah, to, to think about the process, it is overwhelming. If yes. you, you think about all of the bioelectrical things that are going on. Oh, I know. In order to... I've actually been you know, studying a lot of the bioelectrical Because not only do you have to operate the vehicle, but you also have to... Operate your body. You have to operate, <laughs> you have to operate your body, but you also have to... Uh, you have to know which roads to take, when to turn. You have to, you have to actually remember where you're going and how to get there right. while simultaneously doing the physical manipulation of the steering wheel and the right. pedals. And, and on, on the chemical level, like I can tell you from all of the research I've been doing lately with a body that's not operating as I would prefer, mm -hmm. you know, um, that, that the, the hormones and the electrical impulses and all of the stuff that has to happen just for you to walk to the car. Right. Is crazy like you know the number we talked about calories and eating a few episodes ago like right. to energize yourself well somewhere in the middle of all of that is the the motivation and the desire to do a thing right and oh, where does that come motivation from? well that's another thing i here's what conventional biology tells us motivation comes from in part at least uh hormones like transistor or transmitter hormones in your brain and everywhere else in your body too because you've got neurons and nerves everywhere um and one of them is histamine okay so the same thing that causes you to, to like wheeze to itch. and itch and if you have too much histamine it can be an allergic reaction kind of thing could even close off your throat and cause you to not be able to breathe um raises your heart rate which mm -hmm. is why i know about it because that's why you know all about histamine when you look for uh, symptoms for elevated heart rate. That's one of the things they suggest. It could be but a when, histamine response. When you have them, they're histamines, aren't they? I, maybe, maybe. So that what's funny about it though, is that histamine is like most of the other things in your body. It's not good or bad. 
It's neutral. Like mm -hmm. you can't just say, well, all right, we'll take an antihistamine and just not have histamine in our bodies anymore. Right. Because when you take the histamine out of your body, it makes you drowsy mm -hmm. because then you're not able to make the, you're not able to fire those neurons as, as well. So you need some level of histamine, preferably in the morning to energize you, to motivate you, to right. give you, you know, to raise your heart rate and get you moving. It's like we talked about car carving up the kingdom a couple of weeks ago. Like you can't, yes. you can't just annex off the histamines yes. and get rid of them because it's going to take gonna... the histamine out of your body because right. then you will be useless and you won't actually be able to go do stuff. So it, your it's body like fire. I, I ask about fire uh, all the time. It's like, is fire a good thing or a bad thing? And I asked this at youth group yeah. a few months ago, is fire good or bad? And it's, it's just interesting to hear what people say. Right. Yep. And so, so what you need your body to do, and this is just, that's just one chemical that I mentioned. There's, there's dozens of them in your body. What you need it to do is to function in such a way that in the morning you have energy and motivation. And then at night you are able to unwind you and relax less energy. and rest. And it's like, how would we even begin with our little microscopes and our scalpels and our pills? Like, how do we even begin to, to try to regulate that? To figure out the motivation that? particles. Yeah. Which little molecules do we need to carve to out? It. Do we need to... With, do we need to suck out of our bloodstream so that we are not motivated in the middle of the night? Temporarily, and then yeah. reinsert them again the next day because right. that's what makes it so complicated. Like you have to be able to switch, to switch paths or to switch horses. Well, you know, right, sometimes. and that is that is a very materialistic uh, worldview too. That's right. that is that is making an assumption that there are such a things as motivational molecules. Correct. And, yeah. And that is why, like I, I started this little tangent by saying I've been trying to intentionally unpack those assumptions that I've been making, those places where materialism and paganism have crept into my worldview right. and tempted me to believe that, like, I can, you know, I can dominate. Take my, a pill or swallow up. Yeah, I can have dominion over my own body to such an extent that I can... I can understand the complicated process of driving to church without really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that I can. I don't think that I can. And sometimes that's like relieving. Sometimes it's it's comforting. And when my faith is, you know, robust and strong and my my trust in God is is there, I'm I'm comforted by that fact. And then there's other times I'm like, oh my goodness, I am so small and so so what's what's the word hopeless I'm looking, vulnerable There's that was no the word. hope no i was looking for the word vulnerable i'm so small and prone to to breaking <laughs> like yeah. that's how i feel sometimes yeah so but that's materialism too i think like the idea that we need to we need to be the ones that take charge of this like we need to fix ourselves and and you know sort out all the issues that we are having and find the right molecule, find the right neurons, find the right DNA. Oh, DNA is a big one now. What? And we need to carve out time to do this research. Or chromosomes. And focus on it and yeah. do it correctly and properly and so without that's, being distracted. That's what I talked about with Luke this morning. I said, I am tired of trying to, you know, trying to do play that game, trying to play this chess game where it's like, oh, well, I want to do this because I think it's the right thing to do, but I don't want to overdo it. Specifically talking about going to the gym, or like mm -hmm. last night I ate a bigger meal than I've eaten in probably months. Like I, I was really hungry yesterday and we went out to eat Which and I you enjoyed should, it. Because you've you've lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of weight. And I and when I say I ate a bigger meal than I have, I don't mean that I like 
gorge myself and was gluttonous. Like you just ate more than you it normally. It was a grilled do. chicken salad for Pete's sake, and then Luke and I split a. You box can of eat quite fries. a bit of grilled chicken salad and still be okay. I ate like two thirds of it, and she so didn't eat the whole chicken salad. No, and chi- uh, cheese fries that bacon totally loaded cheese fries. Oh, them. those are good. They are so good, and so I ate them and I enjoyed them, but my stomach felt really uncomfortable. That's because you've shrank your stomach to the size of a. Of a prune. half of a baseball. <laughs> it it probably you is. tried to put two thirds of a, but of it a was chick, grilled chicken. It salad. was unpleasant and uncomfortable, <laughs> and so and then I didn't sleep again. Like last night, I did not sleep as well as I would have chosen if I was given complete control in the matter. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, part of me was tempted toward going the route of okay, how do I fix this? You know, what do I do? What what research should I do? But I thought. No, having a meal with my family last night was the right thing to do. Like going out to the grocery store together, having enjoying I, a restaurant I, I, trip. You sent a picture. You sent a picture to us in the Telegram group, and it was your children frolicking in the aisle. They were giving each other horsey. piggyback rides. Yes. And Luke was in front pushing the cart. He had a very, very uh, in focused, charge. Yeah, yes. a very focused look on very his face. Very masculine, fatherly he did. energy he looked, about him. He looked quite, uh, he looked like a leader. Yes. <laughs> he looked like a leader out front. Um, uh, like yes. he knew where he was going and he was taking his family <laughs> to was a... motivated. To a... A lot uh, of histamine in that man right Predetermined <laughs> location. He knew exactly where he was going. He and does you guys, know because he's been grocery shopping a long well, time. Well, it could, I could tell. And yeah. you guys should have had absolutely no... Uh, inhibitions about following him, right? Just, just dropping in behind him <laughs> we and didn't. trusting. Actually, that right you were after going to end up in the right spot. Right after I took that photo, he goes, "I don't even think we have more than one thing to get in this store, and we need to get over to Sam's Club before <laughs> it closes, so you can just take the kids right back out to the car." So we had gotten in. <laughs> I walked. They in, started piggybacking. I took a picture, and then immediately he sent us back out to the car. So <laughs> off we went. But all that to say... It was good to see kids giving piggyback rides. And the reason is because this is a slight tangent. Uh, but <laughs> we we heard a joke at the comedy club that you should never play leapfrog with a rhinoceros. Yes, I heard that one. Did you hear about it? Well, oh, I heard did. it you the heard night that I was there with you guys. And it occurred to Luke and I as we were driving home that that joke is not a good joke because nobody knows what leapfrog is with. anymore. Right, because who yeah. plays leapfrog? Yep. Who plays leapfrog? I didn't play leapfrog no. when I was a kid, and I'm 56 years old. I didn't play Although leapfrog. Although my kids were playing at homeschool helpers yesterday, a game that I did not know they knew, but because of homeschool helpers they do, which is, um, what time is it, Mr. Fox? Do you remember that game? No. So, so the fox stands with his back to the whole group. The group stays on the wall opposite the gym and the okay. fox is on the other side and he's got his back turned and and the kids who are who are all against the wall yell what time is it mr fox and he'll say you know four o'clock and so they take four steps and each kid's going to have a slightly different stride so they don't end up in the same place but they go one two three four and they have to count out loud because the fox is using only auditory clues to try to figure out how close they are who's the closest and so he'll you know they'll keep asking what time is it mr fox and he'll say six o'clock and they go one two three four five six and they take a step for each one but now they're very close to him they're trying to get to him if they get all the way to him then they win that person who made it gets to go right and be the fox this is a hard game oh here's emery emery's here silas is here and colin is here once they get too 
close, no. they say dinner time, and then you have to run back all the way to the start. And right. Really a four, a four day, a four day touch people when well, they yeah, touch. Okay, I'll explain. So when if he says, I had no idea this was going to happen. <laughs> no. Nope. If he says dinner we did not time carve out time for this in the podcast. Watching, he will start chasing after you, and if you get tagged, you fall on the floor dead. And if someone walks over you or like touches you while they're walking, when he says like what time it, it is, they die. Right. Okay. So yeah. that po- seems point like of, a uh, point of order. Uh, very few feet. Very few people are actually killed by foxes. That, but, but they're hens, though. The, the kids are pretending oh, to be they're hens, hens, and the okay, foxes. Well, that's a, a whole different story. But all that to say. Uh, the the main gist of it is the hens are trying to get to the fox and then they become the fox if they reach him. But if he yells midnight, apparently he says dinner time in their version. Mm-hmm. If he yells midnight, he turns and runs and he tries to catch you. And if he catches somebody, then they die. Wait, They're out. Midnight. Okay. So uh, midnight was just sounds like a game that would be very anxiety inducing. So why were we talking about playground? Games? I don't know. You brought it up. I don't remember. Oh, because you were happy that my kids were giving each other piggyback rides. Mm-hmm. So they were and also... And we were talking about how nobody plays LeapFrog ever. Right, right. And so so they, they've also been playing like tag, different variations of tag and things like that. So they're learning all the old playground games. Um, but all that to say, I, I have been... Going with you guys to the comedy club on Friday night was another one that I was like... That was basically just like an act of faith. It's like, I'm going to go and do a thing that I think is... A good thing to I'm do. I'm going to support my husband. I'm going to support my husband. I think it's going to be fun. And I'm not going to think about how late it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be tired. tired or anxious. that's not productive and it's not It fruitful. was a good time, too, at the comedy club. I thought it was a good time. It was yeah. a good time driving there and back, too. And I'm glad that on Friday night, we got the nice weather. Whereas on Saturday night, when I was not with you it guys. It was crappy. You we drove almost, through a tornado. I'm pretty sure we drove right through a tornado. You almost got carried off to Oz. We did. My little Prius was was bouncing up and down on the road and rocking back and forth. By the way, the uh, podcast ninja, Luke McKinney, the Peach's husband, is a pretty good comic. I know. He's pretty good, Peach. And I'm not just saying that because he's family. Yeah. He understands the the technique. Like, he understands what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So he's at a level where when he doesn't pull something off well, you know, where it doesn't land like he wanted it to, he at least has several ideas about what might have... About why it didn't work. Yeah, what yeah. might have been a better move. Yeah. And that's what you want. You want people who self-critique, you know, because then you just get better and better. So... Yeah, well, he's uh, he's got some he's got some chops, got some material. But um, he likes to write. You know, he enjoys the writing process. We all kind of like to write. We do. Better than we like to perform. We like to put, put ideas down. Um, I, I like the performance aspect of it. Well, yeah, I like it too. Like we've all been on stage. I enjoy like musicals and you know being and recording. Are, are you going to sing the duet with with uh, John Thomas? About I could, but I feel like it needs his falsetto though. I almost feel like it's. You think so? Yeah, I almost feel like it's going to be bad if I I wouldn't be able to do it straight. Like if I if I try to sing it and actually make it sound good, mm-hmm. it's going to be worse than when it sounds like a man singing like a woman. The the song was based <laughs> on a, a real life. Uh, kind of scenario when I would I would not be I, I would not uh, text or call 
when I was going to be a few minutes late. Yeah. And so the assumption was, I thought you were dead in a ditch somewhere. If I was right. 10 minutes late coming home, it's like, I thought you were dead in a ditch. So you guys wrote a song for yeah. a starving so comedy You would show. immediately go from, you would immediately go to the worst possible thing that could. Contrast that, that assumption with me on Friday night or Saturday night. I was woken by the storm. I knew full well that it was very windy. You I, knew there was a tornado I outside. I thought to myself, hmm. I wonder if Dad and Luke are on the road right now. They probably are. I looked at the clock. I was like, "Yeah, it's probably they're, they're probably waiting. halfway between and, here and, and India." There is a t- literal tornado outside, and I didn't even reach over and, and grab my <laughs> phone and text to be like, "Hey, are you guys making it okay?" Yeah, that's the opposite of what the song was about. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. That's pretty funny. But well, there is a yeah of the, of the two. I think the mindset that they're going to be fine. But I would be lying little... if I said that that was that it was an oh they'll be fine situation. It was actually more like a I'm really tired and I'm gonna try to just well right keep but, dozing. but how could you the the fact that you were tired and able to go to sleep means that there was that you were at peace. It's just like mm. they'll probably be fine because if you didn't think that we were fine, you wouldn't have been able to nod off back to sleep. Well, they're probably dead. Yeah, I kind of thought. I kind of thought. Well, they'll text me if they need me to. <laughs> if they're dead, send a tow truck or something. <laughs> if they're killed, <laughs> they'll get in touch with me. This episode feels ironically unfocused, considering the topic mm-hmm. of conversation. Well, and- I wasn't. Focus I had a couple of things that I thought we might talk about, but we got to do bonus content, so maybe we'll do it then. Well, I was just saying, I have been convicted lately because I don't want to think like the world. I don't want to think like a materialist. <clears throat> I don't want to let my sort of un- subconscious uh, assumptions that have crept in just from being in this culture, I don't want to let them have their way. I said to Luke, there are certain marching orders we've been given from our creator himself, and those are the things that I want to make sure I'm focused on and so you know eating and drinking and taking care of my body are included thanks for that food giving thanks for the food even when i don't necessarily feel like it giving thanks for it even when it makes my tummy hurt for a few hours afterwards you know tiny little shrunken tummy (laughs) and going to the comedy club because you know fellowship with family is more important than worrying you know what I did last night? This is we did sound, have a good time. This is either going like to be encouraging down. to Carl and to you, and and it's encouraging to me. It's either going to be encouraging, or it's or people are going to go, okay, that's it. The peaches is completely lost her marble. <laughs> last night, I didn't sleep great. I don't know if I mentioned that. People, there are yet. there are a few people who think you've lost your marble. I don't know if I mentioned yet that I didn't sleep as much as I wanted to, but last night I did. <laughs> yeah, you have mentioned. I that. dozed for like an hour you know, from 11 to midnight or 11 to 12.30 probably. And at 12.30, I woke up and I had to go to the bathroom. And then I thought, oh, I'm awake, like like more awake than I really want to be at 12.30. Mm-hmm. There are nights where you wake up, you're still tired. You get to go back to sleep and continue sleeping. It's hard to remain, it's hard to go in and pee and, and still be sleepy. I mean, no, there's, a, I there's a certain amount of going back to you have to get back into that sleep zone. Yes, I know. Well, that's what you back think, into right? The zone. That's what we're told by all of the experts, mm-hmm. uh, the secular humanist experts. But but I thought to myself, you know what? I am going to walk downstairs and put away those dishes that I had left. You're going to plod downstairs. Yes. And put away those dishes. And I did it as an act of faith. I did it th- because I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, probably. 
probably if I don't immediately jump into bed and cover myself up to my chin and squeeze my eyes shut and start thinking sleep, I'm sleep, be awake sleep, for sleep. hours. I, right. I'll be, I'll never get back to sleep. Right. And I thought, no, I don't believe in that. Like I am not, that's not my superstition. You know, that's not my religion. That's somewhere else. That's coming from somewhere else. That's coming from Google or something else that I've read the last few or months. Or some self, self-help self book. It did not come from told scripture. told you how to properly sleep. It didn't come from the Bible. You know, scripture tells me to offer my body as a living sacrifice. And so I decided to walk down the stairs. I put away a load of dishes. It took me like four minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I walked back upstairs to go back to bed, to start the sleep process again. Right. So you did a thing yeah. that uh, wasn't part of the agenda. It wasn't on a plan. But you had a few minutes and you figured, I'm awake. I did it. Might as well go down. I did it as much to plod and to get it done so I didn't have to do it today as to prove to my own, like my own fears that it can be done. Like, because, because again, the secular humanist quote wisdom, and that's an oxymoron. It's not wisdom that, that advice would say, Oh yeah, make sure your room is totally dark. Make sure it's cool. Make sure you've got some white noise machine on, make sure that you, you know, don't cut out all caffeine and just, there's just a list, a long list of all these things you can try to force yourself to sleep better Mm -hmm. at night. Don't turn on your phone. Right. You know, reduce your screen time. Blue light is just, oh, that's going to mess you all up. And I'm like, no, if that was necessary, if it was necessary for me to know all of those things, they'd be in scripture. Yeah. Then, then they'd be part of the revealed, you know, the revealed revelation. The re- what's it called? Revealed. Mm. That's a, that's what's a, it called? revealed knowledge. Revealed? Interesting. It's an interesting anyway. perspective to bring up at the end of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but you know what is... Kind of a controversial thing that you just threw at us... In the last three minutes. In the minutes. last two minutes. But you yeah. know what is in Scripture? It does say that you should take your thoughts captive. It does say that you need to fight to guard your heart, which is another word for mind in Hebrew. Like, it says you should take your thoughts captive. I, I decided last night that... My thoughts, the lying thoughts were saying that, you know, if I went down the stairs to the kitchen and put away the dishes, that I was going to ruin my entire night. Right. And I thought, no, I'm going to take my thoughts captive by putting these dishes away instead. Mm-hmm. And that was totally counterculture, but I think pro-faith. I agree with pro- you. Pro-Christianity. I agree with you. I've, I've had a number of conversations over the years with all kinds of people who say, well, I didn't get a good night's sleep because I woke up at such and such a time and did a thing, and I was awake for forty-five minutes, and yeah. then I went back to sleep. And so, and so they've basically programmed themselves to believe that because they, because they woke up or because they were interrupted, that the whole the whole night was shot. They right. didn't they didn't get any sleep. Right, and that's. That's kind of what we're talking about, right? I mean, maybe maybe sleep is a plod as well, yes. where you just plod along and sleep when you can. I have been plodding through my sleep for a long time, and I know I have perfectionistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a big I, part I of me. I must have seven hours of uninterrupted, right. unconscious time, or else I've wasted the entire night. Right. And the truth is, I told Luke... If I stop and think about the number of times that I actually, my head hit the pillow and I did not open my eyes again until like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., I don't know if I can think of more than a handful since having children. Like mm-hmm. in the time, in the last 11 years since Candy right. was well, born. Right, well, because somebody's always getting up and, yes. and, being, and peeing the bed. Or, yes, or, or vomiting. Vomiting or both. Yeah. 
Yeah, or climbing into bed with us. Or having a bad dream. Or snoring next to you. That's my husband. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. But sometimes I'm more able to accept that reality than others. And that's intriguing to me. Like sometimes the actual external circumstances are no different, but my internal like response stat- status is different. You know, my okayness is different. Right. And so I don't want to rely on secular wisdom to explain that to me. I don't want them to go, oh, well, that's because sometimes your histamine's really high and other times your histamine right. is low. Right. And it's, that's it all why... has to do with your hormones. Whatever hormones are in your system, well, what can we do about them? Well, you can artificially add chemistry. Yeah. And... Do you know Do you know that uh, over the weekend, Naomi Judd committed suicide? No. Did you hear that? No. Yeah. Okay, here's another thing to throw in That's in the last That's great. Minute. Now we've got 30 seconds left, and you're talking about a suicide. We're going to record some bonus content, Carl. Naomi Judd committed suicide? She's been, she's been a wreck for years, apparently. She's been talking about mental health issues like depression and anxiety for a long time. She was like 74, I think, if I remember correctly. And yeah, I just this over the weekend, right before she was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, and she knew she was going to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame on wow. Sunday, wow. and she killed herself on Saturday. Well, that tells you, that tells you how much, uh, how, how much comfort it is to be celebrated. Yeah, if your and to be rich, spirit is out of whack. She's got access to the highest paid doctors in the country. She's right. got she, any drug that she wanted, even an illicit, illegal drug, she could have gotten. Sure. And she, one of the things that she, she had she, fame, she had fortune, she yeah. had popularity. She, she gave a speech at the like mental health something or another awareness something, um, like five or six years ago, where because she because she was struggling, it. and she said, "We just don't know why some sometimes people's wires go haywire. You know, we just don't know why some right. people. Anytime somebody commits suicide, everybody asks themselves why, why, and the answer is we just don't know. Wow. And yeah. I thought, yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to be a 74-year-old woman and still saying stuff like that. I, you know, I want, I think that there's something else at play here. And, and if it takes a thousand nights of plodding through, you know, with Mm -hmm. less ideal results than I want to teach me the lesson that I'm not in charge. All right. All right. We'll buckle up. You're just going to keep plodding. Here we go. (laughs) It's honestly, it's getting to the point where like, I'm not even, I'm not annoyed I'm not, I'm not happy, but I'm not like angry or frustrated. I just kind of, I open my eyes in the middle of the night and I'm like, nope, here we are. <laughs> well, maybe that's. I'm like numb. <laughs> how, how is that not, how is that not a solution of sorts? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Like yeah. I, that is progress. That is compared to, you know, back in December when I first started having this insomnia crop up again and I was panicked about it. Like, no, not again. I'm this doing is a it better wrong. place. I'm sleeping wrong. Yeah, my kids are just what happened? Out they of were, control. It can't be the suckers I gave them. Surely those tiny little suckers didn't do that. Well, this. you know, experts say that sugar doesn't make kids hyper. But <laughs> well, that would be. We're histamine. all about what the experts say around here. <laughs> You're thinking of histamine. <laughs> That's what I gave them. I gave them histamine suckers. They probably have really high histamine. They right were now. they were uh, histamine tootsies. We're gonna have to settle them down before we record our bonus content. All right. Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.